your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to it's Wednesday, I think. Right, John? Wednesday today? Do you know? Do you know what day it is? No, I don't. <laughs> the circling around. It doesn't know what's going on. He's got a he's got a couple about a month left before he becomes the sheriff of Lacrosse County. He's sitting in studio with me, John Siegel. Um and you're very like I don't like butters on South Park. You're like very jittery and hyper, and I, I feel like you're getting pulled. So I appreciate you coming in and spending an hour with us. 608 785 7914. If anyone has a question, shoot, shoot me a text. 608 785 7914. Before we get into, you know, your, your becoming the sheriff here of La Crosse County, I just, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to talk football with you for a minute. <laughs> You seem to like to do that when I come on. Yeah, and well, I don't get to do the sports show over there. And I, for the te- for ten years of my journalistic career, I was a, a sports journalist. So, um, your son who played now I forgot what was he which school was he at high school? Uh, Logan. He was a Logan Logan grad, and he went on to play at North Dakota, and he's still playing at North Dakota. And you just told me that he cost the team a bowl game. <laughs> no, not a bowl game, a playoff game. No, I'm joking. Uh, but 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 he would say I think because he's hard on himself right C J Siegel uh, played it pl- played for North Dakota ranked twentieth in the nation in what is like FCS what I used to call one double A but it's Correct. just it, it's it's named so there's the Ohio State Badgers they're in this division one and then there's a division one A A essentially right right we used to call it one double A so it's the bowl football bowl series those are the big schools that go to the bowl games right. and division one is the only sport that breaks in half for division ones and then you have the football championship series that play a playoff so ivy league um are in the fcs teams like eastern washington um cal davis things like that all right so there's kind of a controversy here when it comes to your son's playoff game right a little bit can we okay you're gonna have to explain this so um, in so in in the big college football, there's the f- only four teams go to the playoffs, and then your son's level, North Dakotas of the world, and the Weber States of the world. There's a there's a there's how many teams in the playoffs? Uh, twenty four. So there's 130 FCS teams. Twenty four make the playoffs. Okay, so what we would ideally like to see, like the Badgers and those teams, be in a playoff system like this. This is what we have in the in the next level down, um, and. Did they? Was this the first playoff game against Weber State? Or? Yes. Okay. So the first playoff game. First of all, Weber State's number nine in the country. How many teams get buys? Eight. Eight teams get buys. So they're number nine, of course. So, but you were you were saying that they should have maybe got a buy. Yeah, they were good enough to be in the top eight and get a buy. All right. So they didn't get a buy, and then your son's team, North Dakota, gets Weber State of all the teams. So the, the essentially the the best, the next best team that's out of the bye week. Right. And. The way this works, okay, you're going to have to explain. So, so teams bid. So teams bid. It's an auction to see who gets to play the home game? Yes. Yeah, so um, it's been going on for at least 20 years. The um, top eight teams get a buy. The rest of the teams are put into brackets. And then after that's done, each of those teams had to submit a bid about six weeks ago when they thought they may make the playoffs, and it's a bid to the NCAA of how much money the NCAA is going to get from the university. That's just how it works. All right, so North Dakota, Weber State, we know they're playing each other. So yep. we know number 20, North Dakota's playing number 9, Weber State. So in a, in, in, in one way, North Dakota would be like, eh, we don't, 
we actually, this is going to be a tough game for us. Weber State's the best team, the next best team in this round, or the best team in this round based on rankings. So you would think maybe they would bid low, right? Maybe? Well, if, if you wouldn't when know, you if put you didn't the- know. When you put the bids in, you don't know who you're going to play, right? You're saying this is oh, how much. Don't. Nope, this is how much oh. we're willing to bid to host a first round team. Okay. And in recent history, um, the team with the highest bid always hosts. So it's, has it ever happened where the team with the highest bid did not host? As far as you know, not in any recent history, and um, okay, based on everything I've read since last weekend, it hasn't happened. Okay, because then because if you're looking at the rankings, Weber State should have hosted. Correct. But based on the bids, North Dakota bid a hundred what hundred forty grand, hundred twenty seven, hundred twenty seven thousand, and Weber State bid forty thousand. Okay, and why we're talking about this? John Siegel is going to be the sheriff of La Crosse County, but his son plays for North Dakota State. I'll just reiterate North that. North Dakota so, or North Dakota, yeah. I'd say North Dakota State because I think uh, a Cotter quarterback played for yeah, it. Might have been South Dakota. Anyway, North Dakota. All right. So and then the committee decides. Yeah, there's so, a committee that decides who gets the home game, despite the fact that we're just bidding, bidding yeah, money for. It. So there's a committee that puts that decides who's going to make the playoffs and what that order is going to look like. They put it together, and um, in any recent history, the highest bid always gets, gets the, home the home game. game. In this case, they had said Weber's body of work, which was correct. It's better than North Dakota's. They deserve the home game, so they passed the bid process and gave the home game to Weber State. So the first time ever, money didn't uh, correct. corrupt. The yes. system, yeah. like it's kind of justified, and yep. also like you got to roll your eyes because where is Weber State? I don't even know. Um, Ogden, Utah, just outside Salt Lake City. Okay, so kind of a nice little vacation for you in the midst of all this pandemic because you went to the game, right? Well, well we flew out Friday morning and flew home Saturday night. So, oh god, that's awful. <laughs> I had a, I had a, a psychology teacher in high school when the Packers played in the in the Super Bowl in New Orleans, uh, Brett Favre Super Bowl, I think uh, that was a while ago in the nineties. Uh, yeah, he definitely flew out. Saturday night, and he was back for class Monday. He was in New Orleans for crying out. Utah, I don't know. Utah's cool, and if you're an outdoorsy person, I think Utah's really cool. Um, but, okay, so you you literally were gone 24 hours to watch your son. Basically. Uh, but your son had a great game, would you say? Yeah, he I played mean, really biased, well. Right? Yeah, really I am. Um, but he had, uh, CJ had, uh, where is it? I wrote it down, but, you know, five tackles. He's a cornerback, right? Yes. He had five tackles, two solo tackles, three breakups. So you say that's awesome. He had three breakups. I say he's not that good of a corner because the quarterback's thrown to his guy, right? That's kind of how that works. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's great. He had three breakups. But you say, and I was making, I made the joke before, they lost 38 to 30 to Weber State. They had to score 14 points in the fourth quarter, I believe, right? To make this a game. Yeah. Yep. Um, was it was it close? I didn't look at the times no. of the scores. Um, not early. Um, Weber got up early, and then North Dakota had to kind of make a comeback. Okay, so you guys had you guys uh, North Dakota pulled within a, a touchdown, thirty-eight, thirty-one. Right? Yes, 38, I yep. said the score wrong. Uh, thirty-eight, thirty-one with three minutes to go. Did the did your son have an interception or a potential interception here after this? Or no, it was happen? early in the game. Early in the game. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. what, can you can you the, break down the play? Sure. The third play of the game, they threw. Uh, like a bubble screen out to his side, and he. So jumped. when you say bubble screen, we're on AM. So we're on Wisdom yes. News Radio. So, so like the wide receiver steps back, steps to, back to catch the ball, and um, he had jumped the route going towards the receiver to make the tackle, and the ball was behind him, and he came out from behind the receiver, and the ball hit him. Hit in CJ. The, hit, hit him in the in the hands, and he didn't catch it. Oh and, no, that's why he's so, a cornerback and not a receiver. <laughs> Don't tell him that. <laughs> so. So in the first, and that happened the third play of the game. Third play of the game, yeah. So and then it looks like they went on. They did score, but that's mid, maybe midway through. But they went on a ninety-four yard drive. Was that the drive? The no, first? it was. They had punted after they the, punted. the okay. first one. Yeah. So instead of being 
down 7-0, you, you're saying uh, North Dakota should have been up 7-0. Yeah, it was just year. one of those. Uh, and that would have changed things. the whole yeah. thing. And if anyone wants it, <laughs> everyone on North Dakota is blaming CJ for. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, do you do you want to go on beyond a little bit what your son might potentially do here? Do you want to Can we bring that up or not? Sometimes you're like, uh. Uh, well, yeah, we can talk about whatever you want, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I just got a minute here before we go to break. Um, he's he's a good quarterback. And now he's because we went through COVID. He's he's a senior, but he's got an extra year he can play. He does. Team's probably going to be pretty good. I think so. Yeah, like they've twenty in the nation. I don't know. Usually, is like, do they bring their quarterback back? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We have a, so that's always a good thing. He'll be right? a four year starter. Yeah. Um. But CJ might not come back, and he might. Yeah. So um, he has a COVID year to play. He definitely wants to play another year of football. I believe it will be at UND. But he told um, my wife and I that he's going to meet with the coaches this week, and he will let us know his decision before he tells them. It's one of the first times that I don't feel like I've uh, been part of that process of and so, talking about it. Do you think transferred maybe to a bigger school, or do you think like tra- maybe get? Uh, usually, this happens. He would be maybe an undrafted free agent. Like- yep, yeah, if he came out right now. But I, I, I know he'll play another year of football. And okay, we're hopeful that it's at UND. We, he just hasn't came out and said that that's well, his decision what if he's like eh, i'm gonna play for the gophers or the badgers not the gophers no not the gophers the, it would be a lot cl- a cleaner um, trip about two hours two and a half yeah hours. it would be closer wouldn't it um yeah you know what we'll support him whatever he decides to do all right that's john siegel all right we'll talk some sheriff stuff here when we come back all right welcome back to lacrosse talk pm 608-785-7914 is the talk text line well, it's the text line. If you want to shoot me a text, uh, John Siegel, the upcoming, he's the investigative captain with the Lacrosse County Sheriff's Office, and he will be the sheriff here in a, let's see here, a month and a day, let's say, or so. J- January 2nd. January 2nd, yeah. Not January 1st, because, you you know, you might be hung over that day or something. Um, all right, so, like, what is it like this, you know, what, a little over, a little under two months where you you know, for for a while, you're you're kind of like, ah, th- 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 is this in limbo? And then there was a recount. Um, there's lawsuits, but it, it looks pretty solid that you're going to be the sheriff now. And then, so for a couple weeks there, you're you're just probably I don't know what what what's what. How's your head spinning in the, those first couple of weeks after the election? Yeah, you know, I thought that the uh, election would be the most stressful part. Um, those two weeks were just you know a lot of thinking, a lot of um, just wondering what's going to happen from here and. Um, trying to, you know, stay as level as I could. Right. Um, and then, and now, now we're looking pretty good. So your your mindset probably changes a little bit. Um, how nerve wracking is it now? Because I mean, this is not something that you haven't thought about. If I'm going to be sure of this, you, the whole campaign you're thinking about what you're going to do. But now it becomes a reality. So like, like you have to get up to speed. So is Jeff Wolf just like the sheriff now? Is he just like, John, could you just leave me alone? Are you hounding him the whole time? Or do you shadow him or what's going on? No, Jeff has been, um, been great to work with. And obviously we've worked together for 20 years and had that kind of relationship. So, um, you know, kind of last week was a short week. Um, the last three days we've done a lot of transitional type things and planning and getting me up to speed on some of the areas that, um, maybe I didn't have as much knowledge or knowing what was going on within the department. And I will say, it's not like John, you know, you mentioned you, you work with Jeff for a long time. John's 29 years in law enforcement, 20 years here in La Crosse County. 
and you've been the investigative captain for three years. And at one point before that, you were the patrol captain for a year. So it's not like you haven't, you know, is there any part of the sheriff's office that you haven't had your hands in where you're like, oh, you know what? I need to get a little bit better up to speed here or there. Well, you know, on the jail side, I worked in court services, which is part of the patrol division, but working within um, within the jail environment um, for a few years. So on the jail side, yep, that's where um, I'm having a lot of conversations and really um, getting myself more knowledgeable on processes, um, maybe projects and things that are going on in there um, so that on January 2nd I can you know, hit the ground running. Well, last time you were in here, you know, during the campaign, we had you on for the hour. And I think two of the things you hit on were the jail, because that's essentially the biggest entity that the La Crosse County Sheriff's Office handles. I don't know how to say that. It is. Right? It's one of the, the, it probably is the biggest responsibility of a county sheriff is maintaining the safety and security of the jail. And then the second thing you, you had brought up was mental health and um, in, in more ways than one, but like just the, the number of beds that are not provided by the county or by the hospitals and, and just, I don't, I don't know, like, can you explain, yeah. you know, your thought there and we, has it evolved at all? Yeah, we just, we have a need for mental health services in our community. And I think in many communities, um, and whether it's bed space at the hospitals or, um, halfway houses or, um, you know, within the jail environment, how are we working with people with mental health needs? I don't think it's my opinions have changed at all during the, the campaign, but I've sure learned a lot more about what the capacities in La Crosse County are and where people in the community think that um, we need to keep growing that. How long do you think, and the, the, now I'm, I'm asking you questions about the thing that you're trying to get up to speed on the most, but how long do you think a, a a, a stay in the jail because they're not in prison. These aren't prisoners. These are people who've been found guilty of something and either they can't bond out or, or bail out of jail or they, you know, for whatever reason, if they don't have the money or they're just simply can't. Um, do you know how many people are, well, how many people are in the jail and then how many people are in the situation where, you know, they're, they're there for, I guess, how long do they typically yeah, stay there? Most, most people are only, only in the county jail for a few days, sometimes okay. overnight, sometimes a couple of days. But um, the majority of people, you know, a county jail is pretty transient. We have people in and out regularly. You have a few people who may have a county jail sentence of six months, nine months. They're awaiting trial. Um, so you have them longer. But, you know, many of the people are in and out within a few days. All right. So when you bring up the jail aspect of that, and there's people only there a couple of days, how important is it to have somebody in the mental health profession there? Because they, they don't get their hands on these people very long. Is it important for them to, I don't, I don't know, this, is, the, is it the jail's responsibility there? Because it doesn't well, seem like. I think it helps our staff to understand who is, who they're, who's there and how to best meet their needs. Mm -hmm. So having the mental health workers in the jail for people who are in the, the short-term basis helps our staff tremendously and people who are there are longer term, then we're trying to see what kind of um, services they may need in the jail, yeah. what kind of services or treatment we can help with when they, when they're released. And you say staff, I guess your staff would also be mental health professionals. I mean, that's just right. The, um, but within the, the jailers who are yeah. um, working there on a day-to-day -day basis, I guess could, could jailers, could we, could we train them up to be also mental health professionals? Seems like a, it would take a lot of training. Yeah, I, I don't think that they could. That that would be fair to ask them to do that. At the same time, we do ask them um, to be counselors and jailers and 
um, to wear a lot of different hats throughout right. the course of a day, a shift, a week. Wouldn't be fair to ask them that unless you bump their pay by like 15, <laughs> 20 grand a year. And then they'd be like, absolutely, send me to school, I'm sure. Uh, 608-785-7914. John Siegel's in with me. He's going to be become officially the La Crosse County Sheriff on January 2nd here. Um now, now Jeff Wolf was only here for one term, and then so you must have had a relationship with the previous sheriff before that. Yes, you know. So, do you take anything from from him or from other people? Who are you getting advice from that uh, you want anyway? Or are you asking advice? From? A lot of people, um, but honestly, I am trying to talk with as many people within our office and within our community as I can um, to find out. Number one, what do they know about the sheriff's office outside the people who work there? Yeah. We talk about the community. What do you know about the sheriff's office? What do you know that we do in the community? Um, what would you like to see us do more of in the community? Um, and then, of course, internally, we've had a lot of conversations. And after January 2nd, a lot more about what do we do well? Um, how, what do our processes look like? And where can we be better? And I really, part of my leadership style is to to talk to people, get opinions. And I always say, one of my favorite phrases is, tell me what I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I know that you work in this studio, and you come in every day, and you're, what time your show is. Now, you know, tell me the things I don't know. And right. that's important, I think, um, for me coming in to know some of the smaller areas or some of the, the things that maybe our jailers, deputies work with or do on a regular daily basis that I'm not aware of. Did you get any of those yet? You're like, oh, you know what? I've gotten that's- a lot. Any examples that are that are interesting? No, I don't think of anything <laughs> anything never. too interesting. But I did have one person tell me that they had talked to several others and said, "Just be blunt with him." Yeah. So, which is great, right? Tell me what you think, and and we can move forward from there. All right, we got to take a break, but we'll be back with John Siegel, the upcoming Lacrosse County Sheriff, when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight. 785-7914 is the text line. If you want to shoot me a text, you get a question for Lacrosse County's new sheriff, John Siegel. He's sitting in the studio with me. We uh, we did Glory Days football in between the first break. Um, I you know, and then we, we we obviously during the first segment we talked about CJ a little bit. He, CJ, not your only child. Yes, I have Do, two others. You know, like <laughs> and, and and I'm sorry to the two other children, but I'm a football fan. And I covered sports for a living, so if you want to, if you want to give tout your other two kids for any reason, here I, I give you the opportunity, John, uh, just so they don't get jealous. Yeah, well, I have a, a daughter, my youngest, that goes to the University of Wisconsin Green Bay, and then I have uh, a son in between who has some special needs, and he uh, lives with Regina and I. And Regina is your wife. Um, all right. So the the news yesterday, Scott's comment. During the middle part of my show and during the day, and then you can read out it, read about it online at uh, wisdomnews.com under the blogs. I think it's called blogs. Let me look, let me look quick. Uh, yeah, blogs. As I see it, it was about phone calls, and never before has uh, phone calls been more popular than maybe you know if there's a Verizon or some kind of cell phone plan going on that's uh, free. But uh, never like this is this is news. The Lacrosse County Jail is going to try i think we're i I don't know is this set in stone we're going to try to give inmates free phone calls right and i'm still getting up to speed on when we talk about things this um, sheriff wolf and i met yesterday this was a topic and in one of the meetings today it was um, because the county board has um, allocated funds to allow inmates to have a free phone call um, 
every day if that's possible. What is what was Sheriff Wolf's take on that? Yeah, that you know we want people to be in touch with their loved ones, with their families, and. You know, there's a logistics piece involved, but being able to get the logistics done that um, we we should be able to have it work. I think theirs was daily. I'm not sure that, you know, daily um, will be a possibility. I don't know at this point, um, but how often is it feasible for us to, you know, be able to have that happen? How many people are in jail about, you know? You know, we have 108, 120. At one time there were 200. We don't have those numbers now. Okay, so around 108, 120 in jail. Um, and, and before the show, when I was bringing this up to you, I was just like, well, how this doesn't seem very hard. Buy an iPhone, get it on one of the plans, because there's no minutes anymore. You know, like back in the early days of the cell phone, you could only get so many minutes. Throw it on the table, put a piece of paper, someone signs up, I'm gonna I'm gonna schedule a phone call at eight, and then the next guy is at eight fifteen, and then the the you know, iPhone could be plugged in and they can use it. It's not that easy. Yeah, I don't think it would also last that long either, because <laughs> we'd have people fighting over it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we have um jail phone providers. Um Because the, it's the, not just about making phone calls, right? Like there's more to uh when it when somebody in jail makes a phone call, it's not just they don't there, there's some you you said they record the, the calls have yep, to be recorded the, the and, jail phone calls um are on recorded lines we've had so many different versions of jail phone calls as long as i've been in law enforcement from what looked like a pay phone that you picked up and called collect to video calling to how many phones do you have in a block who's the provider you know bandwidth there's a lot that goes into making calls from the jail yeah because i use I use like Google Voice and it's just internet text messaging and phone calls. So I call everything on. There we go. We we solved it, John. You can Google Voice. That's free. And then you just you have the county board send you some laptops. You make the phone calls on there and you can record them. I've, I've solved it. It's that you made, easy. You made it easy for everybody. <laughs> but phone calls right now are about 21 cents a minute. So a 15 minute phone calls like three, three, a little over three dollars. Uh, and that doesn't seem like a lot, but that can be a dilemma for him, for people in jail, right? Right. It adds up. And generally, um, you know, if you're making a, a collect call of some sort, then family members are paying for it. Does, do people have money on their books to make a phone call um, right. to be able to afford to pay for it? So, you know, I think the county board is, is looking at doing a good thing. And from the sheriff's office standpoint, it becomes the logistics, right? The, the operational piece, how can we make this work the best way possible? And that's really what, um, is the beginning conversations are now. And after the first of the year, as we're trying to get it implemented. And this might be something that you'll, you'll dive into a little bit more as we go on, but how important is it for somebody in jail to be able to make a phone call? You know, if, if it's, if it's a charge, they're like, and I would, but I don't have the money to do that. Um, but also, like, I actually need to call somebody because I'm in jail and I need help. Yeah, and, you know, life doesn't stop for people when they're there. There's still bills that have to be paid. There's um, oftentimes there could be families and kids involved, um, logistics for their own families. So, yeah, you know, I think we've always, as long as I can remember, and there's been phones, people have been able to call from their, when they're in jail because we understand that that's important. Yeah, the uh, and I'll just bring it up. You know, people in jail are not people in prison. These are two different groups of people. People in prison are in prison for a long time. You said it before the show. People in jail are typically like the average stay is only a couple of days. There are people that are there longer because they have a trial. And maybe they don't get out. Um, but yeah, these are people that are just kind of in and out. 
Yeah, um, they could be there on a, um, they maybe had a probation violation and they have to come in for um, two or three days or a week or whatever it might be. And um, during that time, I think the ability to be able to talk to their families is important. I think for their own mental health, that can be important. Um, but also, oftentimes people have things logistically, whether it's getting a, um, you know, we've seen somebody else get a work truck back to their employer or keys back to their employer because they came into jail right. and now they can't do that. So, um, you know, we try and help um, to the best of our abilities in cases like that. But, you know, the, the phone calls do make a difference. Uh, this you might not want to say, but did did the board spring this on the sheriff's department? Or was there talks of like, hey, guys, by the way, we're thinking about doing this? Or was this all, all of a sudden you guys in the sheriff's office are like, wait, we're going to what? That's going to create a kind of a hassle for us. Yeah, I don't know the exact answer to that, but I believe that there were conversations with Sheriff Wolf before right. it got to that point. Um, there is a story in the in the Leader Telegram about sheriffs that don't think this is a good idea. I haven't read it yet because I was when I was searching for this, I saw that and I was like, oh, good. Um uh, is there any hiccups? Like, what's the biggest hiccup with uh, with that through your office? Just having the manpower to to oversee this um, and capacity, right? How many phones do we have? How many in the block? How often is there access uh, to them? Um, what are we going to use? Are we going to change how we do um, how we make phone calls or what we're using? So, we have a vendor um, for our phone services. I know that they're going to be in Lacrosse the beginning of January. So we can sit down and have some more conversations about, you know, what does this look like hardware wise? What does this look like on their end for being able to have the calls, um, go through without the charge. And, you yeah. know, I think we're, we're pretty. Well, when the, when the police, police departments here and, and your, I believe your office too, went to body cams. First of all, you got to get a body cam that that's going to, record stuff properly but also you have to download all the body cam footage so here you're talking about you have to have capacity to keep all the recordings and i don't know how long you keep them maybe for as long as that person maybe forever i don't know but like there's also that so there's a memory database here going on right again the the capacity for the recordings and the um but really the you know for people who aren't familiar with our jail it does span you know, a couple of floors. We have different types of blocks, different types of units, um, medical. So how does all that work into um, a daily free call or a few days a week of free call? How? And I, I'm really looking forward to those conversations in January when um, our vendors come in and our um, jail staff are involved with, you know, how do we move forward with this? It's an interesting thing. I think we can all relate to being able to make a phone call, and that's why it makes news. Um, but the, and the county board, I, you know what? I had Monica Cruz on here. She didn't even spring this on me. So, like, Monica, you could have talked to me about this as well. But um, I don't know how this gets to the county board. But so, but they obviously they they, they did something about it. They, they you know it sounds like they talked to Wolf. Um, but there's a there's a conversation to be had there. Hey, how can we we provide better to the community through the sheriff's office? And this is one way. Um, and that conversation had to start somewhere. But this is something that you are thinking about doing or you're you're not even thinking you're I, i'm sure you're trying to implement this as we go once you become sheriff uh just reaching out in different ways to the community to to what yeah so i really found while we were campaigning how many people throughout lacrosse county saw the squad cars knew that we had the county jail but really operationally didn't know what the sheriff's office does what we do in their community or they say hey we would like to see more of you guys so one of the things that i would like to do moving forward well, technically it's kind of i'd rather see less of you honestly 
<laughs> but I know what you're saying, like yep. in terms of outreach yep. and, and, and getting to know people. Right. Especially when you get to the rural areas, we have what we call them extra attention. So people call in and say, hey, um, this speed zone, I think there's a problem with or these stop signs or <clears throat> we have a lot of people racing down our, our roadway. We call them extra attentions. We have guys try and check them, those areas when they can. But um, I really think that there's a need for us to come into the communities outside of the city of La Crosse. So, how, how long did you campaign to run for sheriff? About six months. Now, I think that you, in a way, you're just going to kind of continue this, right? Like, if you can, I mean, we'll, we'll see the t- time constraints you have as sheriff. But uh, is there a way to just kind of continue to campaign, so to speak, not in a, in a way that you're running for sheriff, but in a way uh, of community outreach to to you know reach out to different groups different parts of the county yeah i think and i think that's what it is more is the reaching out the educational piece and the listening and through you know we call them town halls sometimes i think that's the best way to do it so can we go to holman and and have a listening session can we go to barry mills and have a a listening session and talk with people and um educate on what the sheriff's office does what our capacities are oftentimes people don't have no how many how many cars do we have on? Well, that was my next question. Was like, what do people not know that the sheriff's office does? That like, are there bit, some big mis not maybe not misconceptions, but like what inconceptions? Something that oh, you I didn't know you guys did that because in our heads it's like, eh, you're just the guy that sits, you know, right outside the when 55 drops to 40 in the Crescent. <laughs> I'll just pick on the Crescent because I drive there. There's always a cop sitting right there. Um, but that's, you know, that's kind of what we, we think of as in, t- in terms, not just sheriff's office, but a lot of times that's how we think of police. Yeah. And, you know, we have a um, process serving department. The sheriff in Wisconsin is is responsible for serving papers, um, whether it be evictions, divorces, um, that kind of stuff. We have a water patrol section. We have an investigative bureau, you know, that I'm the captain of right now. And there's people who just assume that that was Holman or on Alaska or lacrosse and um how many cars do we have on at a time how many deputies are covering all of lacrosse county what can we expect for response times things Aside, like that how many people work in the jail do you know off the top of your head yeah we ha- well you know there's jail program people so we have 60 plus people in the jail. okay and then so if you take those people out, how many people would be working under you as the sheriff in the sheriff's office so to speak you know that one? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have the exact number. How many guys um, are on patrol, me, so to speak? We have, you know um, so we have 29 people in the patrol union, but then we have patrol sergeants, we have investigative sergeants, so we have just under 50 on the um, patrol side. I guess we a good have, way to how we, many how many do how many people have guns? Yeah, how about that? Is that we an have, easy number? Well, and what people really ask me is is how many deputies do you guys? Yeah, have, that's a, right? yeah, that's a good way. And to say so. We have enough that we we try to have four guys on a shift. We often only have three, mm-hmm. um, and we split the county into thirds. So when our guys come out for their shift, we have a north car, a center car, a um, south car, um, and then you know a sergeant who may rove between the 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 three. But you know we're staffed okay, but we could be staffed better. All right, we're going to take a break with John Siegel, Lacrosse County's sheriff, beginning January second when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk. I'm just going to wrap up here with John Siegel, who's going to become the Lacrosse County Sheriff here on January 2nd. Uh, we didn't talk about any lawsuits. That's because they're lawsuits and they're ongoing, and John Siegel's part of them. So if you're wondering why we don't do that, that's that's why. I'm sorry about that. We can, you know, what I don't have a guest at this point tomorrow. Maybe we just we 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 talk about the lawsuits tomorrow. But um, 
All right, you're talking about community outreach, John, and, and different ways to have maybe, uh, and whether or not they're going to be officially called town halls, but hey, the Lacrosse County Sheriff's going to have a meeting at 7 p.m. on Tuesday if anyone wants to come out and you've got questions, you want to meet us, whatever. Um, we kind of do this once a year, right, in the summer. I can't remember what the... National like, night out. National night out. So it's it maybe may to a very lesser scale. I don't know if you're going to be grilling hot dogs in the Holman gym or something <laughs> like that. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst idea. You just get one of them smokeless grills. Um, but beyond that... I guess uh, that's that's in person. Is there is there stuff that you know, like like when you, you we've talked about like have, like I do this all the time. Like I'll have you on once a month, and we'll just do an update. Maybe we can do something beyond that. Uh, you know, like there's we have a Scott's comment once a day, but maybe we have a Seagull comment like once a week on a Wednesday or something that runs during the show or something that's a minute long. But um, there, uh, what other ways do you do you see the the sheriff's office being able to to talk to the community? I guess. Yeah, and we have a a pretty active social media um, right now, and we try to highlight what we're doing. We have some amazing men and women inside the sheriff's office, and we have um, programs and uh, areas that I don't think are county necessarily knows about that people know about so i would like to along with that social media is is do some videos and bring people inside Mm -hmm. like we have um therapy dogs inside the jail that sheriff wolf started and introduce people to that and um as our officers have different events going on um talking about our water patrol talking about our paper service division and, and really bring people inside the sheriff's office and see what we're doing rather than posting a, a picture actually show um, have a little video of the um, officers and the people who work there. Is, is your therapy dog cuter than cheddar the lacrosse police department that the lacrosse police department has a new you therapy guys already dog. Have a therapy dog um yeah we have uh two inside the jail are they giant german shepherds that are very intimidating they are not no what are what are they um you know? we have a doodle Okay. And I don't know what Jimmy is exactly. Just about, maybe. <laughs> you know, um, but we do have two. Um, if you want to expand started. your social media, just it, I mean, we could get to know the deputies. That's fine. But we want to get to know the canines. I think that's where, you know, trickle the canines in every once. We, we took trickle the deputies in, but make a lot of canine content. <laughs> very popular online, I think. Yeah, we can definitely um, highlight them. But yeah, I think that getting even our d- deputies out in the community. Um, I'd like to be able to highlight our dispatch center in La Crosse is not under the sheriff's office, but I would like to be able to highlight them, you know, one month with our social media. So what is your take on and I'm giving you like two and a half minutes here to maybe the biggest topic. It just popped in my head as you're talking about this on. um, Okay, so the county. Well, I don't know. The the lacrosse policing board is what we're calling it. The citizens police board. We we don't really have a name for it. It's very it's very uh, slow slow developing it's in the the early stages but what is your were your thoughts on that and how would you like to be involved there yeah i have um sat in on a few of their sessions um obviously we'll be more involved moving forward i've said kind of from the beginning that we have the ability to do this in lacrosse county it's we have to figure out what we want it to look like Mm -hmm. and right now we have a group of people who are looking at all kinds of different versions that are out there. So what works for La Crosse County? Some type of advisory board, committee, group, whatever it may be um, finally called, that I'm okay with with having someone that 
we meet with regularly that we can talk with about how we do our job when we're doing training, highlighting what we're doing, talking about policies and procedures and why we do things. And then when there is a complaint, and we don't get very many, mm-hmm. um, or something happens to be able to have that same group of people to talk to um, and see what, as a citizen, what their thoughts and feelings are. Yeah, when you talk about outreach in my in my world as a as a journalist, you, and you're talking about like kind of not that particular, but like when you're talking about getting to know the people in the sheriff's office, there's also like obviously you guys are most of the stuff you're dealing dealing with is bad news. So the ability to hey, we this this is a thing that we had to we had to deal with today. This is a you know right. in criminal in the criminal world that could go on social media, but there's you know I, I feel like that we don't get that all the time as a, as a media. You know, just like what, you know, like we had a bust here or, or, you know, an incident happened here. And just the instead of having us had to go get it, sometimes you could be like. Yeah, and I don't think that we do often put that out. Um, we've had a few um, things where we have shared. There might be there but, might be laws against doing that, too. Well, like you, you have to go get it as opposed to in talking with the, the uh, district attorney's office. There's that. So, yeah, you know, usually. The media becomes involved once the criminal complaint is done, and you guys get a copy of that. Yeah, so when there's an ostrich running around, and yeah. you, got, you know, I, I definitely yeah. want all those stories. But, but I think we got that on our social media pretty quickly. That so one, you yeah, for sure. Well, that's what it. I mean. It's kind of a funny, good story. That yeah. stuff always comes out, but sometimes, you know, some of the more serious ones, uh, even if they're 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 not great, uh, they might be important to to bring up. Anyway, uh, Lacrosse County Sheriff, upcoming January second, John. I really appreciate you sticking around. Yep, thank you. Hour with mess. All right, coming up tomorrow, like I said, I don't have a guest yet, so if you got any requests, shoot me a text, 608-785-7914. Um, and on Friday, UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Tregoski will be joining us. Thanks, everybody, for listening.